Well, happy fourth. Uh, I know, maybe I should say happy fourth of July weekend. Can we say happy, I mean, we say, we say Merry Christmas way before it's actually Christmas Day, so I think we could say happy fourth. It's, it's the fourth of July tomorrow, and um, I hope everyone will, uh, will uh, passionately uh, celebrate uh, our wonderful, wonderful nation. We praise God for all of our blessings. Praise God for, for all the freedoms that we enjoy. Um, I'm going to pray again at the end of our at the end of our time together. We'll just pray again over our nation. Um, and then I hope that you will, that, uh, that Monday you'll pray again, and Tuesday you'll pray again, and Wednesday you'll pray again, and pray again, and pray again, and pray again, and pray again. If God's people who are called by His name will humble themselves and pray, turn from wickedness, seek His face, God will hear, and God will heal, and God, God can heal. We started a... Uh, uh, a series last Sunday called called His House, um, and I'd like to I'd like to make a connection between between His House uh, and uh, and and what our nation needs. Um, as I said, tomorrow is the Fourth of July, so I think it's fitting that we take this Sunday and talk about uh, our country uh, and uh, and our freedom and our and our nation and put our focus there. And there is a, a powerful connection between, between uh, that, between our nation and our freedom and, and his, his house. We, we learned last Sunday that, uh, that in his house is found uh, his word. In his house, uh, there, is, there is his uh, word uh, that, is, that is found. And we remembered... Uh, that, that earlier this year we talked about um, three houses, and, and those houses are the house that is individual me, right? the, the house that is, is the family uh, unit, uh, and the house that is the gathering together of the people of God, uh, the church. Now, let me, let me tell you something about each one of those houses. Uh, they are to be His house. This, this house that is individual me, listen to me now, was, was made for His glory. The house that is, that is the family, the coming together of husband and wife and children, listen to me, it was made for His glory. The house that is the gathering together of the church was made to be his house for his glory. Go, go, I dare you, and take a, I double dog dare you. What is it? You can't go the, the triple dog dare, can you? I triple dog dare you. How many of you right now are thinking, what are you all thinking about right now? You, the Christmas story. There we go. Yes. All right. 
It's, it's Christmas in July. I, I dare you to take a slow read through 1 Corinthians 6. And in a slow read through 1 Corinthians 6, you will discover that this body was created for the glory of God. It was formed and fashioned and made by Him for His glory and for His honor. You'll discover that it wasn't made for sex. That it was made for God's glory. And, and you will discover at the end of it that the blood of Jesus has purchased me for Him, so now this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's His house made for His glory, for His honor. And in His house, we learned from Second Chronicles 34, in His house is found His Word. Now, how does this connect with the 4th of July and the United States of America and, and our country. Let me, let me, let me show you. Um, this, is, this, is the, this is our flag. The flag, hopefully we all know that. <laughs> this is the flag of the United States of America. And, and um, w- will you with me just stand and, and pledge allegiance, you know, as we used to do in school, to the to the flag. Hopefully we all remember it. Uh, it, It's an incredible statement. Okay, here we go. Because, you know, tomorrow's 4th of July. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. What a powerful declaration. We are, we are one nation. One nation with liberty and justice for all. There is a There is a a passion that our nation, a a desire that our nation was founded upon and they are stated in the pledge that, that we would be one, that we would be united, that there would be liberty and that there would be justice for all people everywhere Our nation was founded upon that desire. That's why on July 4th, 1776, the leaders of our nation gathered together and they signed the Declaration of Independence because because the current situation was not bringing about the longing, the desire, the passion for there to be one nation with liberty and justice for all. So they, so they, it, it wasn't really, it wasn't a declaration of war, or of, or of conquering, or of prosperity, or of we're going to steal and take all of your stuff. It was simply a declaration of we want to be free. We, we want liberty. We want justice for all. 
We would like to be a united nation that is free and where there is justice for everyone, everywhere. And, and, and England, you're not allowing us to do that, so we are declaring our independence of you. Now, if they would have just left us alone, there wouldn't have had to be any war. But they wouldn't leave us alone. Because freedom always comes at a price. The only reason we're still free is because there's nobody out there strong enough to come and take it from us. And the blessing of the Lord upon us. So we see that our, that our nation founded on, on these principles, on these desires, on these passions. Our founding fathers said, we want to live somewhere where we can be free. And where there's justice and freedom for everyone everywhere. And we still, I hope, want that. That still is our longing. That still is our passion. There's got to be there's got to be unity and oneness. There's got to be liberty and there's got to be justice for all. Now, all three of those things hinge upon one very hang are built upon one very important part of the Pledge of the Allegiance. You've got to listen to me. You can't miss this. If this goes away, freedom goes away, justice goes away. And it is this. Did you catch it? Under God. We are, we are one nation with liberty and justice for all because... We are under God. Because it is in God we trust. Because our nation is founded on His Word, on a passion. Our nation is founded on a passion for His Word and for His house. We are one nation because we're under God. If we, if we take that out, we will cease to be one nation. If we take that out, liberty goes with it. Just listen to me. I don't care if you agree with me or not. I'm telling you the truth. If we run God out of it, liberty goes with it. Justice for all goes with Him. Look throughout history. There are nation after nation after nation not founded on a passion for his house or his word and there's not liberty and there's not justice for all. If we want liberty and justice for all, they are built on the foundation of the word of God. He said, I don't believe that, pastor. Well, I'm sorry. It's the truth. And if we get off of the foundation of truth, freedom goes with it. It's got to be said. It has to be declared. Because our nation is turning away from God. I was, uh, earlier this year, I was earlier this year, um, in, in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, w went out there for, for, for several different reasons, but one of them was the, the one that excited me the most. 
was, uh, was that we were going to gather together with some pastors who were feeling stirred to plant a church there, and we were going to pray for a, for a church planted in Providence, Rhode Island. And then we were going to walk downtown, prayer walk downtown Providence, and go to the capital and prayer walk the capital of Providence, uh, Rhode Island. And as we, were, as we were walking to the capital, you had to go up these, these big steps. And, uh, and on the, the capital, like, you know, somebody sketched it in there, carved it in there, a beautiful place. Uh, on, on there was a statement about how, how important religious liberty, religious freedom is. And as we were in the capital, there, there, is, there, is, there is God and Scripture all through the capital of Providence, Rhode Island. And as I, as, I, as I went up those steps and turned and looked back out over Providence, Rhode Island, there were, there were buildings that stood out. They were beautiful and unique from every other building. There were churches. There were churches, churches, churches. They were, they were big and beautiful and empty. But at one point in time, they were not empty. And it reminded me that, that our nation was founded on a passion for His house. And a passion for His Word. Because, because there was a, an understanding that it is, that it is, that it is uh, on his in His house and on His Word that liberty and justice for all are supported, founded, maintained, realized. That if we're going to be one nation uh, with liberty and justice for all, that we've got to be a nation with a passion for the Lord God Almighty. There's got to, there's got to be a, a, a declaring that, that this is His house for His glory. That this is His house for His glory. That this, the family, is His house for His glory. And that, and that this book, the Holy Bible, is His Word. Our nation was founded on a passion for His house and a passion for His Word. And, and because of it, we have seen us become united and have liberty and justice for all. You know, there was the day when, when everybody went to church. Right? Sunday was the Lord's Day and you went to church and businesses closed down. They might as well, right? Because wasn't nobody coming. Because everybody was going to church and it wasn't all that long ago. But now our churches are very much empty. What, what does that show us? That America has, has turned away from the house of God. That there's not a passion in our nation for his house. Not a passion in our nation for his church. And it's even gotten into the Christians. Most Christians don't, don't attend church. And if they do, they don't attend faithfully. They don't, they're, they're not passionate about the coming together of the house of God. And we clearly see this. There is clearly a turning away from His Word. 
There is clearly a, 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 a belief that this, that this book is either not God's book or that it's not relevant, right, uh, reviving, restoring. It's not a rock to build our lives upon. We've, we've thrown it out of our schools. Many people have thrown it out of their lives. We're in the process. Many churches have thrown it out of the church. I'm not sure what you do. When you throw his word out of the church, what do you, what do you preach? A self-help book? Heaven help us, Lord. This, this book is the book that our nation was founded upon. It, it's on this book. You know if you go to Washington, D.C., that the word of God is all through that city? You know, they, they built the Bible Museum there in our state, in our, in our nation's capital. They built the Bible Museum, and, and I haven't been there, but I hear that a part of the tour is you can go on, uh, what, what are those called? You know, those virtual reality where you sit in the, and, and on the screen, you fly through the city, and you fly through the city. You don't actually fly through the city, but you know what I mean. You fly through the city, and they take you to places where the Scripture is all through the city. And they, had to, they couldn't show all of them because it would take hours. It would have been an hours of a ride all through that city. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but, but I like it. Those things make me sick. You know, I can't ride roller coasters anymore. And Don't you feel sorry for me? No, not at all. <laughs> Scripture all through a city because, because liberty, justice for all, unity are founded on the Word of God. They, they, they come, they, they, they just come when there's a passion for His house and a passion for His Word. And when there's a declaration, listen to me. Listen to me. Now you listen to me. There is, there is, in, in, in a person, when there is a, a declaration that, that this is his house for his glory and his honor, and that this, this is his word, and in his house there is his word. When, when a person does that, there's a shift a change, a transformation, a turnaround in their life. Now listen to me. This is the, the lie of the enemy is that, that that turnaround is not good for you. That's a lie of the enemy. That, that turnaround is going to be for your good. God's going to show up and work for your good because he's a good, good God. You remember what uh, Psalm 34, 8 says? Scott, you want to throw that up there? Everybody can see it. We need to remember this. Taste and see that the Lord is what? That He's good. And blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. You want to know why? You want to, you want to know why there's liberty and justice and unity, and prosperity. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because we are, we are built on a foundation of a passion for God's house 
and a passion for his word. And because of it, we see the goodness of God. Because of it, we see the blessing of the Lord. When you've got, when you've got a, a house, when, when this house says, this is not my house, it's his house, and all of my hope and trust is in him, and, and this house, I don't want to stand on my Bible, but is, this is his word, and I stand upon it, and it supports me, then, then I see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I taste of the goodness of God, and I come under the blessing of the Lord because I've made him my refuge. All of my hope and trust is in him. Now, now this happens in my, in my family as well. When Joy and I come together and we declare over our marriage, over our family, this, this, this family is his house. And it's, it's built on his word. And all of our hope and trust is in him. He is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. We run to his name. It's a strong tower in which we find refuge when our trust is in him. And, and it's his house and it's his word. Then we see the goodness of God. There's a shift and a change and a turnaround. And we see the goodness of God. We see his blessing. And I want you to know that God is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm, you say, man, pastor, you're a little, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm a little wound up because I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing people turn away from the Lord thinking there's life there. There's not. Life is found in Christ. It's the enemy who steals kills and destroys, Jesus came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Let me, let me remind you of abundant life. Abundant life is freedom. Abundant life is relationships, it's friendships. Abundant life is fulfilling fruitfulness, it's purpose that makes a difference. It's purpose that means something. Those things are found in Christ. They are found when we declare, this is, this is his house. This is his house. And in his house is his word. And I will build my life on the word of God. I will build my life uh, as, as he has told me to build it because it's his house. And in his house, when that declaration is made, we, you will see the goodness of God. It's going to be for your good. Let me remind you of this. This book is, this book is right this book is, is relevant. This book is reviving. This book is restoring. This book is revelation. This book is, is the rock that we build our lives upon. This book has held our nation and, and brought to us oneness and liberty and justice for all, 
and now we're turning away from it, and we've got to turn back. And when we turn back, when, when I turn to his house and to his word, then I turn to his goodness. And when my family does, his goodness. And when a nation does, his goodness. And God is good. You remember, uh, you remember uh, Genesis chapter 50? Where, where Joseph has been through difficult, difficult things. Uh, what is it? Uh, Genesis 50, uh, verse 20, where Joseph says, he, he looks back over all the difficult things that he's gone through, and he said, he, said, he said, it was meant for evil, but God meant it for, God meant it for good. He said, I, I look back and I see I see God is working for my good, right? And, and, and uh, doesn't that sound like Romans 8? That, that the Lord is working together all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. I want you to remember the goodness of God. I want you to know that, that a passion for his house and declaring that this is his house is going to work for your good. It's a lie from the enemy that says that this is not going to lead us to the goodness of God. This is going to bring about in our lives good for us. It's going to bring about the goodness of God. It's, it's going to bring freedom Try, you know, uh, freedom is not, freedom is not abandoning, turning away from his house or his word. I, I mean, look at, look at people who are living that way. Are they free? Is is. Is freedom to do whatever you want to do, is that free? That, there's just bondage there. There's not freedom there. There's freedom found, found in turning to the Lord, in, in, in declaring this is His house, for His glory, for His honor, this is His word, I'm going to build on the word of the Lord. God is, God is good and uh, and liberty and justice for all are only realized and and maintained uh, when when there is there is the foundation of a passion for his house and a passion for his word. Let me read to you um, Psalm thirty six. It's not very long. David says, I, I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. In their own eyes, they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. Isn't that a powerful statement? That, that one, of the, one of the most beneficial things to us is a guilty conscience that we're convicted and sorry of our sin. 
Right? It's, it's, one thing, it's one thing to be in sin and to hate it. It's another thing to be in sin and to not hate it. To not, to not feel it. To not be wounded by it. To not hurt because of it. There, there's, there's a condition of the wicked here to where they flatter themselves too much to even feel guilty or sorrowful or hatred for the sin that they're committing. There's... There's not here in this, in this description of the wicked, Romans 7's not taking place, right? To where the, the thing you don't want to do, you, you do, and the thing you, you do want to do, you don't do. But in Romans 7, there's, there's a realizing it and a hating of it. And there's a coming to the place of saying, what a mess I am, what a wretched man I am, who will save me from myself? If there's, if there's not that conviction, if there's not that guilt, if there's not that hatred for it, then, then there never comes the place of saying, I need a Savior. There never comes a crying out to Jesus. This is, this is a bad place to be in right here. Verse 3, the words of their mouths are wicked and deceitful. If, if you ever have a hard time uh, wondering, you know, you know, you know, the determining the difference between the righteous and the wicked. Listen to him talk. Out of the wicked mouth comes, comes cursing and deceit and, and hatred and violence. If you listen, that's what comes out. Listen to the wicked who, who, uh, who, who claim to hate hate. <laughs> they hate hate. And all you hear is hate. Out of, out of their mouths come, come deceitful. They, they fail to act wisely or do good. Even their beds, even on their beds, they plot evil. This is, this is a sad statement. They commit themselves to a sinful course and do not reject what is wrong. It's not, right, none of us are perfect, right? We all sin. Every now and then we all mess up. Now, there's a difference between that and, and, and when I'm sinning, I'm sorrowful and wounded and hurt and I run to the cross and ask God for forgiveness. There's a difference between that and being committed to it. I'm, I've dedicated myself to this. I've committed myself to this. This is my course, my path. This is who I am. They, they commit themselves to sin and they do not reject what is wrong. Now, he's, now, now David's going to switch gears. And he's going to talk about the Lord. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. He says, now I'm looking at the wicked. Now, now I'm looking at the Lord. And, it, and his, his love reaches, reaches all the way to the heavens. You know, it's like he's just trying to describe God best that he can. Your faithfulness to the skies. Right? We, we remember and we need to that God is love. That, that God is faithful, that He truly is. Verse 6, your righteousness is like the highest mountains. So we got, we got God loving, God faithful, and now we're reminded that God is righteous. And then, your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals, or you know, older translations, man and beasts. <laughs> God is 
if you just back up one second there, God is, God is loving and God is faithful and God is righteous and God is also just. And it's only, it's only in Him that, that liberty and justice are maintained. Now, here, here's a question. Um, can there... Can there be liberty without justice? Think on that. If, there, if there's not justice, can there be liberty? So, so if God's passion and His desire, Joy read it for us this morning, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. If His passion and desire is, is for our freedom, then doesn't it, doesn't it demand that He be just? Aren't those two inseparably connected? And God is, God is love, but God is also just. Read Romans 3, right? That, that, uh, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then we are reminded that God is just and that He's the one who wants to be the justifier. That God, is, that God is just. So, so we see this, that God is loving, that God is faithful, that God is righteous, that God is just, that He preserves both people and animals. Now, now listen to how he continues here. He says, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. God's, God's priceless, unfailing love. The, uh, the trusting in God and coming under the protection of His wings. They feast. I like that word. They feast on the abundance of your house. You see, you see prosperity here. We see blessing and protection here. Feasting on the abundance of, of the house. Listen to this. You give them drink from your river of delights. What a, what a wild statement is that. We're feasting on the abundance of God's house, drinking from a river of delights. God's river of delights is, is a glorious thing because it works for our good. Verse 9. For with you is the fountain of life. Where's, where is the fountain of life? It's with God. Right, everybody, you know, searching for the fountain of youth. It's the wrong pursuit. We need to search for the fountain of life. And we don't need to search because we've found it. It's with God. With you is the fountain of life. This is one of the things that we need to be shouting from the rooftops. That there is life in the Lord, that there is life in His Word, that it is for life that His Son came, that abundant life is found in Christ, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him, that He, is the, that he has the words of life, that He's the bread of life, that He is the water, the living water of life, that in Him there is not only abundant life, but eternal life. The fountain of life is found in the Lord. 
It's not found in money. It's not found in pleasure. It's not found in fame. It's not found in accomplishments. It's not found in riches. It's not found in sex. It's not found in sin. It's not found in substance. It's not found in rebellion. It's not found in self-worship. It's found in Him. Hallelujah. Let it be said. Let it be proclaimed. We should shout this from the mountains, from the rooftops. Jesus saves, and in him is life, and in him and him alone. We've got to, right? Because people are dying. Because the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying all around us. And many Christians are like, oh, yes, yes, yes. No, sir. The wicked flee, though no one pursues. The righteous are as bold as a lion. There is liberty and justice for all, found only in his house, only in his word, only in our Savior. Yes, hallelujah. In him is the fountain of life. Listen to this. In your light, we see light. What does, uh, what does Matthew 15 say? Jesus got on the Pharisees pretty hard. And uh, after he got on the Pharisees pretty hard, the disciples said, hey, you know, you got on the Pharisees pretty hard. Uh, you know, maybe like I'm doing this morning. Got on, got on the, you know, they were offended. That's what he said. They, they said to Jesus, they were offended. Uh, what is it, 12, 13, 14, 15, somewhere right there. They, they were offended. And Jesus says, basically he says, let them be offended. He said they're blind guides. You got blind guides leading blind people. Both people fall in the ditch. Blind guide, blind people, everyone's going down. It doesn't do anybody any good. Somebody's got to see. Somebody needs some light. Somebody needs their eyes open. It, we want to guide I don't you want to follow a blind guide? No, I'd like a guide who can see. And it's it's in his light that we see light and we all know that without light we don't see. Like your eyes can work perfectly but if there's no light you don't see because there's no light because it's light that we see and it's in his light that we see light. So this kind of brings us to a, to a challenging place that if there's, if there's going to be if there's going to be a shift and a change in my life that works for my good and, good, and, and your good is, is your real for true freedom real life-giving beautiful relationships and a fruitful life that affects eternity. That's, that's your good. You're not going to find peace and fulfillment and abundant life if, if you don't have those things. If, if I'm going to see a turnaround in my life that works for my good, then, then I've got to declare that this is His. And that this is His. And I can't do that when I'm blind. When I don't see I find myself in a difficult place because I don't see that 
I need this to be his house. I don't see that it was created to be his house. I don't understand how that works for my good. I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me how liberty and justice for all are founded on that, are supported by that. I don't see it because I don't see. And, and if all I've got around me are blind guides, then I'm never going to see it. I need somebody who's got some light down inside of me to shine around me. I need them to begin to cry out to God for me. I need to begin to them to, to proclaim the light of Christ to me. The Holy Spirit's got to come and reveal Jesus. And when I see Jesus, who is the light, then I can see. That's why we can see so clearly. But others don't. Because there's not the light by which they see light that has come into their lives. So, so God does a crazy thing and He sets on the scene a people. And in that people, He ignites a light and they become the light of the world, shining the light of Christ in the darkness so that through that light, there is light, and light comes, and people can see. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how can they call on one they've not heard, on one they've not believed? And how can they believe, Romans 10, uh, you should memorize it. How can they believe in one they've not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? How can they hear without a light shining in the darkness? you got to see Jesus. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. Thank you, Jesus. Let your, let your love continue to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. God's goodness, righteousness, His love to those of us who know, to those of us who have seen. It continues, continues to come. It doesn't end. This is, this is why David in Psalm 27 ends by, ends by with confidence proclaiming that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You could probably, you could probably, it could probably be said like this, I will continue to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm, I'm running out of time, but if you, if you read all of Psalm 27, you will see David proclaim a passion for trusting in God. You'll see him proclaim a passion for God's house. He, 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 says, he says, one thing I ask, and that is to be in your presence and to see your face, to dwell in your house. And you will see him proclaim a passion for his word. And then he'll say, he'll, right, like, right, like 12, 13, I mean, 11, 12, he says, he says, you know, show me 
Reveal to me your ways. Teach me, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path. And then you see him proclaim, I am confident of this. Verse 13. I, I am still confident or remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, and wait for the Lord. David says, my trust is in God. My passion is, is for His house. I wholeheartedly lean on and believe and, and have a passion for His Word. And because of that, I know, I know that I'm going to continue to see the goodness of God in my life. And then he just calls out, so, so come on, so come on, trust in God. Trust in Him. Wait on Him. Be strong. Be encouraged. Be refreshed. Wait. Be strong. Take heart. And trust in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Don't, don't give up on your passion for His house. And don't give up on your passion for His Word. And don't give up on your declaration that, your, you know, your, your Joshua declaration that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That this is God's house. And this is God's Word. And His Word is in His house. That this, I'm talking about my family, this is God's house. And His Word is in His house. And this, the church, this is God's house. And His Word is in His house. And I just declare it over our nation that our nation is one nation under God. It's God's nation. And His Word is in His nation. We're one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And if we will be that nation under God, then we will continue to be a nation with liberty and a nation that has justice for all, for everyone, everywhere. But we're seeing a shift. People are turning away from the church, turning away from His Word. Just in my lifetime, I've watched Church attendance in America dropped from over 50% to now under 18%. I'm only in my 40s. There, there, there's a turning away from his house, a turning away from his word. I listen to supposedly Christian young people that are not convinced that this is the word of God, that it's God breathed. We're seeing that shift. We've got to see it shift back. Otherwise, liberty and justice for all go away as well. If God goes, all of that goes with it. So, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot today, connecting a lot of stuff. So, what do we do? What do we do? Stay confident in the goodness of God. You trust in Him. You declare His house his word, and we've got to proclaim Jesus. We've got to preach Jesus. We've got to shine the light of Christ, right? Because, because without light, 
we don't see. That, that's why Jesus prayed and that's why Jesus said in Matthew 9, he, he said he had compassion because they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're blind with blind guides. They're harassed and helpless. And then he said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Pray. We've got we've to pray. We've got to preach. We've got to shine the light of Christ. We've got we've to stand boldly and confidently on the truth of Jesus and proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name. Because it's only Jesus that opens the blinded eye so that, so that the blind can see. And when they see, they say, oh man, this is his house. That's his word. And he's good. And life is found in him. And turn around, transformation takes place. Let's pray.